offertory. Thank you, everyone, for the wonderful music this morning. Thank you, Brother Mitchell, for the offertory. He is one of, the, one of my students that I'm really proud of. And, uh, well, I hate it when I tell a joke and you don't think it's funny, and then I tell you something serious and you think it's a joke. But anyway, John chapter 10, please. I want you to open your Bibles again. We're mighty blessed in our church to have all the folks that can sing and play instruments and serve in every capacity and what a joy it is and look forward to that day of heaven when we get to sing in heaven's choir. What a day that will be. Verse number 10, the Bible says in the last part of the verse, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Here's the title of the message this morning. Where do you seek the abundant life? Where do you seek the abundant life? Heavenly Father, I pray for your power again as I have so many times this morning. Uh, Lord, I'm very uh, stirred and very uh, uh, excited about the truth of the message this morning because I believe it is a life-changing Bible truth. I really think it can affect many, many lives. But Lord, it's important that we understand it. So Holy Spirit of God, help us as we understand it. I pray, Lord, that there would not be uh, distractions in our minds and around us, but that we would, we would listen and follow the truth of the Bible this morning uh, that can make an impact in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The bullseye uh, statement that Jesus makes that I want us to see first of all is that he said he came that we could have an abundant life. He said, I want you to have life. And then he said, I want you to have it more abundantly. When you step back from that truth and you see the context, the context is verse number 10 where the Bible says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then he compares or he contrasts that. Jesus said, I didn't come to kill. I didn't come to destroy. I didn't come to take away life. I came to give life and I want you to have that life more abundantly. Then when you step back from that truth, you find the whole story that Jesus gives in John chapter 10 as he gives an illustration where you and I are sheep and he is the shepherd. And we read a part of that a while ago and uh, he uh, uses this well-known illustration in his day. Now the sheepfold was an enclosure usually made of rocks that were made like fences and, uh, the, and, 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 it, and it made a circle and then there was an opening for the door. Uh, there would then be a shepherd or sometimes a porter or a guard for the door that would guard not only a flock but several flocks at night by laying across the opening of the rocks or the opening of the door. It was not unusual for several different flocks to be in that sheepfold. And then in the mornings, as the sun would come up, the shepherds would come 
and they would call their sheep. And this is an interesting thing, uh, that sheep would learn the voice of the shepherd. And whether they would be six or eight or ten different shepherds, uh, they would come and they would call for their sheep, and their sheep would follow them, and they would lead them to pasture. Uh, they would lead them to eat, they would lead them to the water, and then in the evening time they would begin making their way back to the sheep fold. Now the Lord Jesus said, you and I are sheep. And then he said, he is the good shepherd. And he said, not only am I the good shepherd, I am the door. And uh, you can't get to those sheep unless you come to the door. Now, anyone uh, that would try to climb over the wall and come in to steal and to destroy, to kill uh, the sheep, those are thieves and those are robbers. Now, he said, you want to follow the will of God. You want to follow me because I will lead you out and I will lead you in and I will give you not only life, which is not what the thief wants to do. That's not what the devil wants to do. He wants to wreck and ruin and destroy your life. And there's 10,000 brand new examples this week of lives that have been destroyed as reported in the news because they didn't follow the good shepherd. Uh, they were led astray. They were deceived by the thieves, by the robbers uh, uh, that are the work of the devil. But Jesus said, if you follow me, I will lead you in, I will lead you out, and I will give you not only life, I will give you life abundantly. Now I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Many and most of Bible truths are found in the beginning of the scripture, and you'll see them repeated in different illustration and application all the way through the scripture. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible tells us, and I want us to read four verses beginning in verse number 17. And I want you to have in mind, Jesus said, if you follow me, if you let me be your shepherd, I'm the door, I'm the life, I'll give you life, I'll give you abundant life, I'll take you out, you'll find pasture, you'll find water, I'll bring you back to the fold for a place of safety at night, I'll be your safety in the day. Now he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then he gives a contrast. And don't miss this. This is a very important part of the message. And be not drunk with wine. Notice the three words, wherein is excess, but, contrast, be filled with the Spirit. And he goes on to describe that or elaborate on that. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, in the midst of this book of Ephesians chapter 5, he gives us that phrase, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Make note of the word excess because the word excess is similar to the word abundant in verse number 10 of chapter 10 of John. John says, uh, Jesus said, I will give you life and I'll give it to you more abundantly. 
And then he says in Ephesians chapter 5, he said, be wise. Make sure you stay in the will of God. If you stay in the will of God, he said, that's important. Now, now he said in contrast, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess or abundance, but be ye filled with the Spirit. He is saying, don't miss this message statement. He is saying, do not get your excessive or abundant life from alcohol or from things of the world, but get your excessive abundant life from walking with Christ in the will of God, being filled with the Spirit. Now let's think about this. We know what wine or alcohol does to a person. The word excess or excessive is a good word to describe a person that is drinking alcohol. And it is, uh, we, we know from the Bible that Christians are not supposed to drink alcohol. He said, don't even look at wine when it's turning a right in the cup or when it's fermenting. And he gives a woe uh, to those who would put the bottle to, another's, uh, to another person's mouth. So he's making a complete contrast here. Uh, don't be like this, but be like this. However, the majority of people who drink alcohol do so because it causes them to live or experience an excessive or an abundant life. Now stay with me. Alcohol makes them feel stronger. It makes them feel bolder. It makes them feel smarter or wiser. It is called a distilled spirit. That's a very interesting word. It is a distilled spirit. And so the Bible is telling us let the Holy Spirit give you an abundant life. Let the Holy Spirit give you an excessive life. Don't live your life looking for excess or abundance in the things of the world or that the devil or that the thieves want to give because those don't lead to a life abundant. Those eventually lead to death. Are you with me this morning? I want to give you seven statements right now, just, just one after another. I want you to think with me through this. First of all, every man has a desire for an abundant life. Everybody does. Everybody has a desire for an abundant life. I believe it's a God-given uh, desire. We want to make life for us, make life for our marriage, make life for our family, make life for our church, our schools, whatever the case may be. We want to make it our best life. Uh, we, we want life and we enjoy life more abundantly. Second of all, number two, I want to say every man has a desire not only for life, he has a desire for eternal life. Even though everyone knows we're going to die, everyone desires eternal life. I want to say number three, every man has a desire not to wait for eternal life. He wants it now if he can. I, I, I'll give an illustration. When we experience something that's really, really good, maybe it's a place we visit, maybe it's something we eat, uh, maybe it is a fellowship or an activity, we'll say, how did that go? And someone may say, it was heavenly. What did they mean? It's above average. It's abundant life. It's above the average. It is abundant life. It was like what I imagined heaven is going to be. You'll even see advertisements. Uh, you'll see advertisements for a thousand different things. And they'll use that word 
heavenly. What does that mean? That means uh, uh, that it is above average, it is above mortal, it is above earthly, it is something that only God could give. Now man desires, I want to say number four, man wants life abundant more and more and more. Every man not only wants heaven, every, every man wants heaven to come to him. Every man wants a life that is in excess. And I want you to hear this next statement. God does not want us to wait for heaven to enjoy all of the blessings of heaven. He said, I want to give you life not only in heaven, I want to give you life on earth and I want that life to be abundant. Are you listening? I want that life to be excessive. I'm not going to make it just average. I'm going to make it above average and I'll tell you how to do it. You live your life in my will filled with the Spirit of God and you can enjoy the abundant Christian life. Sadly, many in this world, they're looking for the abundant life elsewhere. And they find it. But sadly, it's not only temporary, it is destructive. It is the offers of the thieves. It is the offer of the robbers. It is the work of the devil making them think, you don't have to do all those things. You can drink this. You can go here. You can take this and you can have that abundant, excessive, wonderful life. And the Bible tells us that's not where you find the abundant life. Uh, you find the excessive, happy, wonderful, abundant life by living in the will of God and filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 14, here we have no continuing city here, but we seek one to come. Uh, we want heaven on earth. And I'm telling you this morning from the word of God how to find it. Don't you listen to the thieves and the robbers of the world. Uh, they'll give you something that's temporary but harmful. They'll give you something that's temporary. Oh, it's real. I've seen a lot of happy, intoxicated people until they got sick. Until then the problems came. But you never saw a Christian that was filled with the Spirit of God in the will of God that said, Boy, I wasted last week. I was just so happy in the Lord. I was just doing the will of God. I was just doing exactly what Ephesians said. You never had a hangover from being filled with the Spirit of God. You never had that. Now, we desire this abundant life. Everybody does, and it's sad so often that Christians will leave what God has to give us in the abundant life and start seeking that abundant life in the things of the world. Most of the songs that we sing, especially the older songs, we think about, we dream about, we look forward to that abundant life, and sometimes we think, well, we'll get it when we get to heaven. We certainly will, but God said, I don't want you just to enjoy heaven. I want you to enjoy the trip. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, he said, we're to pray this, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've used this illustration before. I've used it many times. Uh, there are folks that have restaurants where they brought the food or the type of food from another country. I, I like pizza. 
I like Mexican food. I like all kinds of food. And sometimes uh, you'll go into those places and they're, and, and they're decorated like Mexico. And you get just a little taste of Mexico. I've eaten it re in restaurants in Mexico. And I've eaten in, in restaurants that are Mexican restaurants in America. And they're very similar. And that's what they're trying to do. Look at me this morning. Church is not about coming uh, to find a place to take a nap or to be bored through some, uh, some times of, of, of spiritual behavior. Oh, this is where we come to enjoy some heaven on earth. And if you think the choir singing and the musicians were good this morning, you wait until you hear the choirs of heaven sing. You wait until you hear that. Oh, but this morning, until we can get there, we want to enjoy a little heaven on earth so we enjoy the spiritual things of God. And he said to us, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess. You'll find excessive living. You'll find abundance in that. Oh, but you'll regret that. You won't regret being filled with the Spirit of God. You won't have a hangover and get sick at your stomach and end up in jail. Uh, if you get filled with the Spirit of God, you'll enjoy the abundant Christian life. The songwriter said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. The songwriter wrote, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. That's what happened at salvation. The, uh, the, the songwriter said, on Jordan's stormy bank I stand and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I would like to think that this week and especially as I've been in church and I've been here this morning that I've had a little taste of heaven. I've fellowshiped with the master this morning. I've spent time with the Savior. You and I have picked up our songbooks and we've sung about that first Christmas. We've sung about that first Noel of the day that Christ came and we rejoiced in that. I want to tell you don't listen to the thieves and robbers that want to wreck and ruin and destroy and kill your life. Give your life completely and I'm not talking about just lost to save I'm talking about saved people looking for and enjoying the abundant Christian life by being filled with the spirit of God sing the wondrous love of Jesus when we all get to heaven we'll sing and shout the victory we think of all those songs like that there's a land that is fairer than day and by faith we can see it afar Oh, as a, as a Christian, we can be like a child that can't wait for Christmas. Now, I remember the days when you didn't have much during the year and you really did wait for Christmas for things that were special. Now, I, re I remember Christmas when, when the gift you got at church was uh, apple and an orange and some candy. Sadly, today, if you gave a piece of fruit to some children, they'd probably throw it at you. But there was a day, that was Christmas, and we look forward to that. There was a day, you didn't get shoes until uh, a new pair of shoes or something special. You didn't get those uh, all during the year. Uh, you didn't sing, here comes Amazon, all year long. Uh, uh, I mean, you waited actually till Christmas to come. I, one boy said, I was never surprised at Christmas when I opened my present because that wasn't the first time I opened it. That's sort of the way I felt as a boy. I was just afraid to open. I was afraid I'd get in trouble. Now, in this world, there are many ways that a person attempts to find an abundant life. 
Some seek it in alcohol, and obviously many more are because everywhere you turn today, there's a new distillery, there's a new liquor store. You know why? It gives life in excess. Sadly, it doesn't last long. Now, I'm telling you what the Bible says. Wherein is excess? You want to marry up Christmas for two hours? Drink. You want to regret that you've done that? Or would we just like to go ahead and be filled with the Spirit and marry up Christmas all the way to New Year and have every day a happy day and every day a wonderful day and every day a day of excess and every day a day of abundance. It's sad today that so many in our world are seeking those things. God give us Christians who appoint people to Christ and say Jesus is the way to the abundant Christian life. Serving God is the way to the abundant Christian life. There are more drugs consumed today than ever before. There's more different types of genres of music than, than ever before. There is more money. There are more possessions. There's more wealth in our nation than any generation. There are more luxuries that we have. There are more gambling more today than ever before. You know why? Because folks are looking for an excessive life. Got good news for you. It's free in Christ. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Ah, but be filled with the Spirit, and that will make you sing, and that will give you joy. That'll help you not just sing in the shower. That'll help you to sing at church, being filled with the Spirit of God. Now, no doubt about these things. These things do bring an excessive life. Folks are running to and fro in all of these things from alcohol to entertainment. But all of these things offered by the devil, uh, they are only temporary. All that God offers is forever. I want you to think about this. This Spirit of God, being filled with the Spirit of God, what does that mean? It means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. It means every day reporting and saying, Holy Spirit, I want to live my life pleasing to you. You see, the Holy Spirit is the part of God that lives inside us. And being filled with the Spirit simply means to be empty of self and God leading and directing our lives. Here's what Paul said. Listen to these words closely. Philippians chapter 3, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now, what was the power of his resurrection? What raised Jesus from the dead? It was the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying, I want to know the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And the fellowship of his sufferings. And then Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if he be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if that Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. He's not talking about quickening going to heaven. He's talking about quickening right now, making our life not just alive in Christ, but abundant in Christ. I have watched this great power of the Holy Spirit change lives that once sought the excessive abundant life and the things of the world and were disappointed again and again and again and again 
all. But listen, when they gave their life to Christ and they learned that I can live the abundant life, I can live the excessive, happy, joyful life, I can live that by living in the will of God and being filled by the Spirit of God. I recently read a story of President Ronald Reagan. And in his final years, he had dementia. And he forgot that he had ever served as the governor of the state of California. He forgot that he'd ever been the president of the United States and leader of the free world. They were very careful as to who they let visit President Reagan in his home where he died. They said in the small office area that he would go to and sit in, he had different memorabilia from his life uh, displayed around him. One was a plaque on the wall when he was a young man, he was a lifeguard. Now he was a lifeguard at a part of a river in Illinois. Now, they don't allow swimming there now because the current is swift and they saw it as a challenge in those days and they posted a lifeguard there, hired one, the city did, for folks to swim there. They said that was displayed on Ronald Reagan's wall and it was something that he never forgot. He never forgot being a lifeguard. They would allow folks to come and see him, very selective as to who they would allow. And someone would speak about him being governor and he would just give a blank stare. They would talk about him being president of the United States. They would mention something like the meeting that he had and he said, Gorbachev, take down that wall. He just stared straight ahead. And then he would just say out of the blue, you know, I was a lifeguard once. And he pointed to that plaque on the wall and he said, I saved 77 lives. And his mind would go back very real and vivid as he would talk about those days. And he said, I was a lifeguard and I saved 77 lives. They said they would talk a little while and they'd talk about different things, trying to refresh his memory to get him to tell a story about something. And he would say, you know, I was a lifeguard once. You see, I saved 77 lives. Now, folks, listen. Of all the things you and I will ever accomplish in life that mean anything is to tell others that only Jesus saves. Nothing else will matter in life. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. This morning as I watched the cantata, and though it was just a play, and I had an idea where it was going, didn't you? I still couldn't help but tears escaping my eye and coming down my cheeks to realize how anybody could live in this life and not know Christ as Savior. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as Savior, I beg you today, Make this the day that you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Stand with me, if you will, this morning.
our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Perhaps this morning, the Holy Spirit of God has been and is dealing in your heart about this matter of receiving the gift of eternal life. There could be no better time, according to the scripture, than today to receive Christ. But when we think of the season, the day of Christ, celebrating Christ coming to earth, I would ask you, put your faith and trust in him. Then if you're here today and you are a child of God, I want to say, seek the abundant life, but not in the things that are temporal and offered by the thieves and the robbers. Seek the abundant life by giving your life to Christ and living in the center of his will. Heavenly Father, help us as we make decisions now. I pray that you would help us to see the abundant life is in the will of God. May we live it and live it on purpose and decide today that we're going to be filled with the Spirit of God and yielded to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. He's